This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And this is This Week on Sci-Fi Talk. These are the podcasts that were available this week, just in case you missed them. We had Author's Day on Monday, and Cory Doctorow talked about his work. You know, I, I think if there's a thing that distinguishes the kind of work I do from, from some of my colleagues, it's a real commitment to uh, using computers in stories as a, a way of, or, or, or as a, a kind of rigorous matter, right? Rather than trying to um, bend the capabilities and limitations of computers for narrative convenience, I try to find ways to tell stories where the actual capabilities and limitations of computers are the thing that the story turns on. And although, you know, obviously most people aren't computer scientists, I think that there's a, a, a verisimilitude that emerges when you tell stories in that way uh, that feels very immediate and very accessible, you know, urgent in a way, because we're living in a moment in which our, our inability to come to grips with those limitations and capabilities is, is really putting us in crisis. And so, you know, telling stories about that, that, that are trying to hew to these underlying theoretical limits uh, and, and possibilities mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, oh, I hacked the mainframe and then I broke the cryptography and now the AI is talking to me, which is your basic crummy computer-based science fiction plot, I think really makes the stories come to life. Fantasy writer Brandon Sanderson talked about magic on also Author's Day. Um, and, and for magic, I'm also usually digging in, in history, either looking at science textbooks um, from, or, or scientific writings from previous days, or looking at um, superstition and myth. In a lot of, um, of both science and sort of superstitious writing in the past, you find this sense that if something is similar to something else, then it gives you power over them, right? This is the voodoo doll concept. You find a lot of uh, talking about inanimate objects having sentience or gaining sentience to the, to the practice of magic. Um, that was bouncing around in my head, um, mixed with this idea of, of color, um, which became a big part of the magic system as well. It's kind of the, the, the second um, third of the magic system. The, the second chunk of it is this concept of, of color as a representation of life. When, when a person dies, the color bleeds away out of them. They become less colorful in a lot of ways because of the blood draining and things like this. When a plant dies, green seeps away and is replaced with brown. Color is, I think, a metaphor in, in a lot of our minds for life, just a, a subconscious thing. Um, and then that finally mixed with the idea of breath. Um, I, I wanted for a while to find a way to, to have magic that was passed from person to person in a non-standard way. And James S. Parker on his book, Infinity's Gateway. I've, uh, this has been in my head for a while. It, it's been there even, even before the first two books that I wrote. Uh, it's just, it's, we finally got it down on paper and, and got it figured out. But it starts with, uh, as you say, in 45, uh, the war is over. Hitler's gone, but we're still doing training. And we did lose a squadron of bombers on a training mission, Flight 19. And the book, you know, touches on that. Uh, what's interesting is the United States at that time did the largest air and sea grid search we've ever done, at least up to that date. Wow. And nothing was ever found. And hmm. it was a re reporter in uh, South Florida who coined the term Bermuda Triangle. So that's, that's where the book opens, but then it comes to present time. That's right. And, and at, at that point um, in the Pentagon, a chief of Naval Operations is called into the emergency rooms 
because our satellites have picked something up. And about 125, 130 miles off the coast of Florida, pretty much further out from Lauderdale, for 17 minutes, there was this enormous presence, if you will, sort of a black blob, if you will, that the energy readings were just off the charts. Nothing we have, nothing the Russians, the Chinese, uh, and then just went away. And they're called down there and they're scrambling to figure it out. They don't know if it's a weapon somebody is giving us advance notice on. Uh, we really have no idea, but we know we have to respond. And so we uh, get a team together uh, on the ship Eclipse and it is sent out to investigate. And that's where the story begins. There was a special bonus episode on Author's Day, and that was on Serial Box's Black Widow's Bad Blood audiobook and also a companion ebook as well. And that is Lindsay Smith. She is the writer, head writer on this project. And then also Sarah Natocheni, who is the voice of Black Widow and also the narrator. Yeah, I actually didn't look at um, Scarlett Johansson's performance uh, before approaching this character. I'd seen it before, but it, it had been a while, so it, it didn't really influence me at all. I, I see the narrator as an extension of Natasha Romanoff, and she's definitely kind of dry, and she understands irony, and she's she's just a really cool character. So that kind of came yeah, pretty naturally to me, I guess. I'm not as cool as her, but she, she definitely spoke to me in many ways. Yeah, she's just, she's fabulous. She's actually my favorite character that I've ever played. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Lindsay, what happens with this is the Widow teams up with Bucky Barnes. That's an interesting team up. Uh, one we've never seen cinematically. And maybe it's happened in the comics, but I'm not familiar off with it top of my head. What was the uh, thought process on teaming her with Bucky? Well, the, they interplay so well together, and that's kind of because of their shared history um, through the KGB and the Red Room. And that's right. we, yeah, so we were able to kind of, even though that's happened in the comics, it's been hinted at in the movies. For our universe, we really got to dictate how that past had looked for them um, and what sort of um, interpersonal relationship they'd had there, um, obviously a very fraught one, because Natasha, at least to some extent, um, was working semi-willingly with the KGB, or at least she was in, she had some autonomy, whereas Bucky was just completely brainwashed. Master skateboard craftsman Bear Walker, how he got into superhero skateboards, and what happened when it reached certain people. And uh, a buddy of mine who owns a comic book store actually commissioned a uh, series of Justice League boards as like one-offs to kind of hang as decoration. And when I posted those, in in the same week, Grant Gustin saw the Flash version and Jason Momoa saw the Aquaman version and both (laughs) of them wanted the boards. So like that, that was a really, really good week. (laughs) So that was cool. Um, And uh, yeah, so I just started making Grant boards about, I guess it was like two and a half or three years ago. And uh, just stayed in touch since. About a year ago, we did a, a little collective line together. So that was really cool. Staying in the DC Universe, Friday's podcast is with Wole Parks, who is Steel on Superman and Lois. I think what I really like about him, there's so many layers to him. But mm-hmm. especially as we saw at the at, towards the end of season two, he became a father again. And yeah. then he also carries feelings for Lois, but that's not his mm-hmm. Lois, because he's part of the multiverse. That's a, lot yeah. to, that's a lot just to play just on that 
who are you telling? And and then on top of that, his <laughs> daughter, who he comes, who come, finally comes back, and like then she's got to deal with the fact that that's mom, but not mom. Yeah. Like yeah, it's a whole weird confluence of crazy. Uh, uh, and, and you're right. It, it is something, uh, you know, like I'm glad you brought that up because for me as an actor, you know, to juggle all those things, it's like, okay, he has to accept that not only is this not his wife, but his wife or his, this version of her is married to his old moral enemy who killed the other one, you know, right. uh, uh, it's, it's an interesting journey. And that's why I, I've always loved that what I've been able to get to play with him. I love that the story they gave him rather than like the comic book version, which is good, but it's a little more clean, a little more, you know, easy. Uh, he just wanted to fill in the, the role which is great and that's amazing people should do that but th this kind of thing where it's like you have such trauma to work through and then to finally go from there and like learn to befriend these people and like then have to learn how to have your own life it's uh it's been an interesting journey and that's the podcast this week on sci-fi talk subscribe at apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast you can also listen on the Podbeam app this is tony talata